And we are finally back after a long-ass hiatus for season two. I don't think y'all really noticed, but we were supposed to return from hiatus in early August. I guess we just had to pull a bit of a Kanye West switcheroo and change the album date a couple times for y'all. But we're here now. Happy one-year anniversary to How We Bounce Back. We are now available on the new platform to stream Amazon Music. So if you're an Apple or Spotify hater, you got more options now. But anyways, it's been a lot of ups and downs in the past year, but we're still here to motivate you and inspire you and to entertain and troll as always. And who better to kick us off from hiatus return with Mr. Woodbridge High School himself. Our guest tonight is a high school teacher coming out of Northern Virginia that has educated and mentored hundreds of students in his short but seasoned tenure. He's a sociology teacher, a former U.S. history teacher, a former world history teacher, He's created a student-athlete class for the entire county. He's an active member of the Athletics and Activities Office. He's the head of the student council and the senior class sponsor. And his family runs everyone's favorite dive bar for wing night, Brittany's Restaurant and Sports Bar. Hey, bro, where's my chicken wings and bacon cheese fries? He's the very humble and will be straight up to your face. I'm excited to introduce you all, Mr. Kyle Jack. Yo, I got goosebumps. <laughs> running I, I, through it like my michael buffer or bruce buffer in the ring right now <laughs> i i feel like i was like coming out of a, like a game show like there's gonna be curtains and yes, some lady sir. walking out the crap thousands are screaming it's all your students over the years and even the ones you failed everyone loves you man. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> all right brother thank you for Thanks, coming on the man. show yeah, yeah. How have you been, by the way? How's 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 life been for uh, treating you? I know you're back to school. We talked about it before before we started this podcast. Uh, everyone's back in school, wearing masks and whatnot. How's this now school year been? Back uh, being fully back in person. It's good. I mean, it's it's great to be back, like actually in real life person. Virtual sucked, and then now, like, I mean, even that that when we were hybrid at the end of last year, I had at most two kids in a class at a time. So it was, it was awful. Um, but yeah, now we're back. I mean, the only difference really is kids are wearing masks. Kids are out there participating in sports and, um, you know, we're having homecoming, like homecoming full blown dance. Like everyone's going to have to wear masks, but you know, we'll see how far that goes into the crazy night, but Hey, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I mean, everything's kind of back to normal at least. And really the only difference is wearing masks. So, I mean, it's, it's nice to be, back doing like what I actually enjoy doing and not teaching through zoom. That sucked. Yeah. I'm sure there's an extra thrill and excitement. Everyone's jazzed up to be back in person after being cooped up at home for the year. And I think with all of these kids, uh, you know, go, growing and maturing through these years, especially in high school, I'm sure that in-person interaction is critical as they move on after when they graduate. Right. Um, yeah. I believe you teach senior year or what, what grade are you, are you teaching yeah. right now? So I teach my uh, social, I do two sociology sections um, and those are all seniors. And then I have a, uh, the student athlete class that I teach is juniors and seniors. So mix both. And then, uh, but yeah, so mostly just all, I mean, or all upperclassmen. And we both came out of the same, class of 2009 those times are very critical to our you know our lives <laughs> growing up remember those years and fun <laughs> yeah no no bills not wasting no one's college tuition or paying rent or whatnot those are <laughs> yeah those like you know there's not there's high stakes but there's not a lot to lose you know but everything to gain so i'm um, glad, yeah. glad that there's that in-person 
interaction once again. Yeah. Um, if, if only we knew that, you know, so much when we were younger. <laughs> only oh so much God. to gain. But bro, let's get let's get into a bit of some of the um the questions, the stories. If you have any stories during your time as a teacher, you know, the people close to you know that teaching, well, you know, quite frankly, teaching at your alma mater Woodbridge Senior High School in Northern Virginia. We talked about it, was always your calling. Amazing. So you talked about it from uh, our own days in high school in the late 2000s. And you've openly shared these ambitions. I remember everyone, knows, a lot of people know this. But, you know, what are some of the stories you can share, you know, during your time you got into teaching after college? What are some of the times and stories you can share of difficult students that have sort of like pushed you to the edge where you kind of had like a career remorse or you just never expected that this would be part of the job? And how did you deal with these difficult students? That's a tough man. The first question so loaded. Um, <laughs> I mean, come on. Uh, no, I mean, I want to say I, I think a lot of it was like my first year of kids who just didn't do anything. And I think even for us, like in our group of friends, like you never realize like you never like actually put yourself in those shoes and like of the kids around us that didn't do anything ever you know like you just didn't pay attention to them because that wasn't really part of our friend group or even people that we really associated with you know we knew people that were failing and didn't do things but that's probably because they were just just not as intelligent <laughs> but you know they didn't really apply themselves so for me I think the first like really trying to say like wait how are you just not going to do something you know if for, and that's hard for me because I'm like just know like this is what you're doing today and the kids who blatantly just say nah <laughs> like I'm, I'm not doing it so that was kind of difficult to get over. And then now it's like, I could, you know, Oh, you're not going to do it. Okay, cool. Well, you'll fail and I'll move on. <laughs> like it doesn't, you know, it doesn't really affect me as, and, and that's kind of the way I, you know, go with it. And eventually they turn around hopefully for the most part. Um, but I mean, I would say my, my, I think it was my second year. I had a, a kids almost fight in class and, you know, get really, really close to fighting. Um, so just kind of separating that situation kind of in the instant, um, that was different, you know, something that you don't really think you have to do. And then you're just kind of like, Oh, boom, here it is. But for the most part, I mean, you know how late back I am. Like, I mean, <laughs> a lot of stuff doesn't really bother me. So, yeah, I mean, for a lot of that, I think that I have a pretty thick skin that, I mean, sometimes it's tough for first year teachers or, even second, third year teachers to have to deal with some things. But for me, it's like, yeah, okay. You know, and like mm. just some of the things that kids do or say kind of just rolls off. So those are two very unique scenarios. I'm sure common, but unique in a way where not a lot of teachers had to do it. I mean, you, you've probably been in that scene where you had to break up a fight and it's just instinct right there, you know, just like yeah. stop. you right. You diffuse it, you know, you're the teacher. So you do hold, you know, some sort of uh, power where they, they won't put their hands on you so easily. Right. But I, yeah. I think, I think the one that you mentioned about the quiet student is interesting because it's little, it's complex as a teacher. You don't want them to be uh, unnoticed, right? You want them to feel like, Hey, I'm listening to you. I'm trying to notice you. How can I help you? And then when, when they're not trying to give you any information back, that makes everything complex. I don't even know if I have any good feedback to this because that is such a complex scenario. It's like, well, if they want to like fail, like what, what else can I do? I think you try all your best efforts. I mean, 
to kind of like compare something to a TV show. You see Tammy Taylor in Friday Night Lights. Make sure that, you know, no one, no. like even the most difficult students don't, you know, kind of disappear in the background. But go ahead if you want to follow up on that. Oh, I just was going to say, did I tell, I, I think I said in the group chat how I like rewatched Friday Night Lights because I never like did it. So now, I mean, we finished it like, I don't know a month ago, but I rewatched like the, every single episode. And I was like, now everything that I do or say, I'm like somehow comparing it to Friday Night Lights. Like, oh, <laughs> it does teach a but, lot of uh, life lessons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the hardest, I mean, like it, it's also the, the part about the kids just not doing anything for me. It's really just trying to connect with them on a different level, like trying mm-hmm. to like get to know them and understand what's happening. Because I mean, there are times and I mean, just for the sake of this going, you know, podcast being public and whatnot, like there's been times where kids have really shared some like deep, yes, deep trouble. Things, yes. And I'm like, yes, you know, yes. like, and, and, and things that again, I, you know, it's, it's concerning that like, wow, you don't realize someone who has it relatively good, relatively easy growing up. You yes. Know, even with, like, even with our friend group, like our, and, and I think our friend group was pretty vast, like of people we were really interacted with. So for all of those people, like you don't realize really what's going on at home. And mm-hmm. when you see some of those kids, I and mean, that's the hardest thing is that like, I know, you know, when they tell me something and I'm like, I know why you're not doing anything today because your last night was probably hell, you know, yes. or, or you, you're going through this and, and I understand. So when you're going to come to my class and not do anything like, okay, cool. Because now I know what's going on and that's yeah. what you kind of need to build. And I think that that's the one part that teachers immediately you, you think the worst and not saying like all teachers but like that's kind of like oh you take it it's hard to take yourself out of it like you can't take it as disrespect and I think that's what I did my first couple yeah. years of like this kid isn't doing anything and sometimes it's just because they are lazy and everything's great you know or but typically mm-hmm. there's something else like they're not just mm-hmm. doing it because they don't want to do it it's more there's typically always an underlying reason so everyone deserves the right right amount of attention right and you know to go back on just every student everyone has a deeply rooted past that affects the way they are today and you know whether it be the guy or girl that's sort of like you know um spoiled and just like has it all and just decides to be lazy you know we try to figure out their situation how to get you know them to have a better work ethic or have better grades you know we just it's getting to know them i think the those that have more of the traumatic situation where it's very hard at home or hard just with family and financially those you want to give extra attention to you know it's all about equity also in school as well you know and to give extra attention to to those folks and be be of a helping need because you know Believe it or not, some of those folks that, um, you know, have gone through the most difficult situations actually might have the brightest minds <laughs> to come out of school and just, you know, so- solve a problem in the world when they get out of yeah. high school and go to college. So and hopefully they'll remember me. And then when they make millions of dollars, <laughs> they'll throw, throw me, throw Mr. Jekka a couple right? of make, make it solving a solving, a, making a medicine, making a vaccine, solving, a, 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 you know, curing a disease like that. It's the quiet ones that always have something up, you know, in their, in their mind. So always glad that you're there for them, Mr. Jack. (laughs) Moving on to my next question. I mentioned uh, sports a couple of times in your decorated resume. Um, So, and I know you came in as a, you know, world history teacher, U S history teacher, sociology teacher, 
um, you know, during your teaching time, academic time. But it seems like you're, and I'm sorry for all of the staff, anyone that's listening at Woodbridge High School, but it seems like this man is moving his way or, you know, taking a keen interest into the day-to-day athletics and activities role. So I want to ask you, Mr. Jack, what about sports and these activities for students gravitates you to be a part of it or, or even like lead some of these initiatives? Um, I mean, I think for me, I mean, I, we played sports growing up. Like I played sports my whole life and, but I never did anything. I never took anything seriously, never played for the school. And, you know, that's one of the things I, I like to openly say, just because I'm comfortable with it at this point where I think a lot of times people see it as like me doing a lot of stuff with athletics and me teaching a course based on student athletic leadership. Um, you know, some of the criticism, even from some of the people that, you know, like friends of mine in, in, you know, in the school who were, who criticize me or at least criticize to other people or kind of, I don't know, I don't even want to say it as a criticism, but just made a remark like, oh, like he, he doesn't even coach anything. He doesn't, you know, what, what has he done? He didn't play sports in college. And oh, wow. for me, and, and knowing even from our friend group, like everyone's like, oh, like, okay, you know, everyone else probably would be more qualified from a sports world to teach that class. And at least in our, you know, group chat, like just be mm-hmm. based on your guys' resumes. But for me, it's really taking like, I, I took a, you know, throughout high school, I was involved in student council, that stuff. When I got out, I was very, when started teaching, I was involved in leadership and those opportunities. Mm -hmm. We had the leadership class already in place, like the student activities leadership class, the one that I took as a senior um, at Woodbridge, like that's still around, that's still going. Um, We were one of the first schools in the county to have that back when I was a senior. Um, And a lot of friends that you would know, I mean, that people that we went to high school with, you probably didn't even know that we're in that class, but we're mm-hmm. in that class. You know, Francis Wilson, <laughs> Caroline Strand, like those, mm-hmm. like there's people that have, like that we all hung out with, you know, many times that were in that, that people didn't even know really existed our senior year. Um, but going back and doing that, like for me, it's the leadership aspect and like the team building and that kind of stuff that really got me interested in it. And one of my coworkers, we were on the bus to a, uh, football game we did a spirit bus which is like we took a bunch of kids that wanted mm-hmm. to go see an away game I think it was that battlefield um a football game so we were there and we were talking like you know there really should be a class for athletes that should you know teach them leadership skills and and ideally the whole goal is to bring that back to their team and really from a student you know student to student way evolve leadership amongst the teams because there's always the coaches and you know good coaches bad coaches they're always passing that message on. And I think for me, it was, how do we get the kids to take ownership of it? How do we get the kids to be involved in that? And so that's kind of where it stemmed from. Um, And then I've kind of been, I've been game managing, which is kind of the being on setting up the fields for every sporting. I think I've done every sporting event for the most part now. Um, And then being there to, you know, do the clock if need be like talk to the officials, kind of be the on point person for the game. Um, and just the running of the game, whatever game, soccer, lacrosse, basketball, football, um, mm-hmm. wrestling, all of that. So that's kind of where it stemmed from. And then just kind of having an interest in, in meeting with those kids. And so my new role now is um, I'm able to meet and like I've recently met with a bunch of players and about their grades. And so like that's kind of what I want to do is continue that where um, – they gave me the ability to be off one day. So like our odd days I'm off and I'm in the office. Mm, wow. Um, so I have my own office now every other day. That's kind of exciting. Um, wow. 
Yeah. But I, you know, just today I met with two kids who I'm like, yo, you're failing, you know, multiple classes, what's going on. And they're like, oh, well, you know, and they're telling me what's going on. And, you know, the cool thing is later at lunch, you know, three hours later, the kid stops me in the hallway. He's like, Hey, I went to my teacher. I talked to her. I, I, I took a retake for this. And that grade went from an F to a C. So, you know, j- j- I just want you to know that. I'm like, all right, man. Like, I'm getting no, chills, like, man, hearing like, this. Appreciate this it. But like, that's the kind of stuff that I want. And wow. like, that's where they need that. Like they need someone else. And, and the, the football coach is, is like, I mean, now our football coach is great. We have a new coach this year. Mm-hmm. Um, he's already done a lot. He's, you know, doing good stuff. And I know it's like, if we can have support from him and then someone else can come in and kind of be that kind of double backing and saying, Hey, yeah. how are you doing? That's kind of what I think we're going to actually be able to build something and maintain something that's successful. So everything you said, I got chills twice yeah, <laughs> while you were talking, talking forever. We, no, we you, time. you built the story up right there. I mean, starting off with like what you, why you love sports, right. In being in the community and having these relationships with, you know, the parents, the staff, the, and people don't realize how much goes into um, logistically setting things up for the, for the games, the events, it's, it's a whole operation. And like, yeah. you know, you're, you're doing that and you're in not only just football, cause football always tries to get the attention. You're doing that for every single sport, you know? And so I think that's just amazing that you've taken initiative to do that, but to take it even a step further and doing exactly what that represents student athlete. Right. And making sure their grades on top because coaches, they only know to coach, probably. you know, they, and they're like, Oh, just get the A's or maybe nudging the math teachers. Like, Hey, just, you know, bump up like rockets grade from an F to a sorry rocket, you know, like, <laughs> but, but you're there to actually make sure these kids do learn. Right. You, you, and you're the point and you spend time. I'm glad they even give you like the odd days off to do this. Like this is essential. I mean, yeah. it's paramount. A lot of, you know, I think they said it in like Coach Carter. I'm like bringing up all these movies now. I'm like over here doing just, just every just, sport reference movie that we yeah, just sports reference. <laughs> yeah, right. But I remember in Coach Carter, the principal said the highlight the, this ba- senior year basketball is going to be the highlight of their lives, and that's the problem. It should not be the highlight of their lives because you're there to make sure there's even greater paths after they leave school. You know, I mean. Everyone has dreams to go to college uh, as a student athlete and even make it on the professional level. But there also has to be a backup plan and maybe five other backup plans behind that. And you're making sure that whatever skill set that these student athletes can tap into in their subjects, they can excel in. So I'm and and then you even take the time like you bring them into your office or you meet with them, you know, some people don't spend time with them. That's why they don't care either. That's yeah. it's so simple as that. Go ahead. No, I mean, and, and for me, like when you, you mentioned the coaches and like, you know, we have great coaches and they're able to do that. They know what's needed, but it's just, again, kind of giving the extra support. Like that's kind of the whole point of a lot of that is, I mean, what's like, it doesn't take, it's not going to take one person. And, and sometimes maybe it will, like, it's just, it takes that one person to change someone's life. Like that's cool or to really impact them but it, to really make like a large group successful, 
and let's say just you're taking, let's say the football team, give throw some credit back to them. Mm-hmm. You're just talking to the football team. I mean, that's a hundred some kids, you know, close to a hundred some kids that you're talking about. And it's yes. if, if one coach can't do it and even their staff can't do it. So it's yes. how do we kind of with a multitude of people, how can we get them to be successful? And it, it's hard because a lot of those, I mean, you know, it's, it's the, the pipe dreams for a lot of kids too, that, Oh, I, I want to go play in college. I want to go and, and play in, in, you know, the NFL. And for me, a lot of times it's beginning my first year teaching. I had a kid who was five foot eight, whatever, wanted to be a quarterback and was going to go off. And, and that's what it is. Like he, he was going to go and, and he was very adamant about it. I love and his I, ambition. <laughs> yeah. Love his ambition. But as a, as a young teacher, I was like, <laughs> okay. Like I shot him down. And now it's like, I've learned like, it's like, no matter what, even if I don't believe them or I know for a fact, yeah, your odds are, are not happening. I'm never going to tell them that. You know what I'm saying? Even a minute yes, now, if anyone happens amazing. to stumble upon the podcast where Mr. Jack's talking about, I'm not talking about you kid, but like <laughs> for me, it's, it's like, I believe that they can do that because they need to have that goal. So if they don't, I also need to prepare them for how and some, or, or someone, not just me, like someone needs to prepare them for what happens when, how do you bounce back? Ooh, hey, mm-hmm. right. Like how there do you, you bounce back from that? You know what I'm saying? Like when, when that doesn't happen, you, you can't be like, that can't be your end all be all, but we can get you there because if you aim for that, well, then you're going to get good grades. You're going to develop good habits. And if it doesn't happen for you, then you've developed good grades and you've developed good habits. So mm-hmm. that's a, you, you'll be fine from wherever you go from there. So yes, yeah, you're equipping them with some skill sets. Like they will adapt, you know, down the line. Um, but yeah, I think you're teaching them like you know what that path is further because a lot of that, a lot of us, like even our time, we step into that college um atmosphere and then they're like all right now this is the path after and we're like oh gosh this is a big world you know <laughs> i did and not sign up for this <laughs> he did not say yeah exactly he's the, that five eight and i'm five eight by the way so shout out to the quarterback that or the guy that wanted to be quarterback and then five eight that you know you you making my keeping my dreams alive right now i'm gonna go take 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 the washington football team quarterback job real quick but <laughs> no nah, anyways um in the in the long term like you know this you're giving them their their skill set in the long term these student athletes i think with social media with um you know anything they see on tv they're so driven but they need to understand also the business side of things or like even just the practicality of things you know when they get out into this world so um it's 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 just um, it's it's a product of us living in such a small bubble that we don't know what's going to happen or we don't know better right yeah. outside of that so you're there to be there to let them know uh about what's to come. <laughs> that's the goal at least. <laughs> yeah for sure all right man well that's two packed questions man we we can we we're gonna go all night long right now but let's go into the game, man. Let's go into the game. I know we talk about this world history teacher, but that would have been too easy if I gave you world history trivia questions. Um, I don't know if the audience knows this. Kyle taught one year of U.S. history, so we're going to quiz him on that one year to make just sure. Just one. He, just one year. So, like, excuse Kyle if you don't get these questions right. But um, anyways, U.S. history trivia. I'm going to ask you four wonderful questions about U.S. history. They're multiple choice. 
And now we get to see if you're actually teaching these kids some accurate information or if you're delivering them some Breitbart news. Um, So so we can go ahead and get started now. (laughs) All right. Well, here we go. So question number one, who was the first president to be impeached? Bill Clinton, B, Richard Nixon, C, Andrew Johnson, or D, Donald Trump? Johnson, final answer. Woo, man, I knew, I, I'm telling you, he might ace this one right here, but wait till he sees question number two. But yep, that is correct. Andrew Johnson is the first president to be impeached. If I said impeached twice, we know what the answer is, but we're not gonna go there. We're not gonna even bring his name up again. <laughs> <laughs> question number two, what was the date of the Black Tuesday stock market crash? A, October 23rd, 1929. B, October 24th, 1929. C, October 25th, 1929. Or D, October 26th, 1929. I just gave you four days in a row in October. So let's see what you got here. You know what's sad is that, okay, hold on. I teach this, I have an image stuck in my head. So even though this is like US history, I have to teach this for world all the time. Oh, really? I put the the date on there. I put, I know it, I, I was hoping, if you said 1929, like I would have got 1929. But now these dates, <laughs> 24th, final answer. Man, that is two for two right now. My man Kyle Jack running along with this quiz. Hey, this is why he's helping them student athletes. Just acing his own uh, how he bounced back quiz. I'm going to go a little bit harder. You think it was going to get go, go easier. Now we're going a bit harder. Question number three, which law ended the application of the Jim Crow laws and reversed the Supreme Court's a notorious separate but equal decision made in Plessy versus Ferguson. A, the Immigration Reform and Control Act of 1986. B, the Bilingual Education Act of 1967. C, the Legendary Civil Rights Act of 1964. And D, also the Legendary Voting Rights Act of 1965. C? Man, three for three, he's running with it. Wow, yes, that is correct. The Civil Rights Act reversed that bogus shit. But of course, Jim Crow laws are still kicking in some of the courtrooms today, so. Where did, hold on, where did you come up with these questions? Did you just Google US history questions? It was definitely the first research result on the uh, the Google page, <laughs> you are correct, my good sir. <laughs> okay. But you are teaching them some good some good content. No Breitbart news. So we, we can proceed on to the fourth question. Let's go to question number four. I don't think if this is in the history books, but if you get this, man, if you get this, I'm going to go pull out the Hennessy bottle out of the freezer and I will do a chug, all right, if you get this question correct. So that's okay, the deal. No pressure. Question number four. What two pets did Bill Clinton have while he was in office? A, a chocolate Labrador retriever named Buddy and a cat named Socks. B, two Portuguese water dogs named Bo and Sunny. C, an English Springer Spaniel named Spaniel named Spot. Or, or D, a black Bouvet du Flanders named Lucky, a Cavalier, King Charles Spaniel Spaniel named Rex, and two cats named Cleo and Sarah. I'm just gonna right. completely guess. Like this is just gonna be chocolate lavender named Buddy and a cat named Socks. Two Portuguese. Water. 
I'm gonna do what my what I tell my kids to do and just go um, do a little eeny meeny miny mo. Yeah, I like that. I'm just gonna go A. Screw it. Oh so, my I'm god, we drink a Hennessy right now. This <laughs> man says eeny meeny miny mo, and he still gets it right. I'm telling you, this is a. This is a teacher that you should always give five stars on any any review platform right now, man. Jeez. A, a cat that named Socks. <laughs> that, that's actually what sold me, just because I thought it was funny. Hey, shout out to Hillary and Bill for naming their cat Socks. But um, <laughs> yeah, so the, the two Portuguese water dogs named Bo and Sonny, that belongs to Mr. Barack Obama and Michelle Obama and the Bo Yeah, I knew family. that one. I knew the water dogs. The English Springer Spaniel named Spot, that's Mr. George Bush's uh, dog, which I believe is actually the offspring of his dad's dog, which is pretty crazy if you <laughs> did not know that. And then this bunch of stuff in the in question D, <laughs> Black Bouvet, Du Flanders, and yada, yada. I mean, what, who else than Mr. Ronald Reagan back in the 80s getting all of the, this kind of... Got, got cats, dogs, and everything. Might as well get snakes, drafts, and birds in the White House. Might, probably has a bald eagle somewhere in there in the White House. So. You know, test-taking trick. I'm pretty sure you said two. You said, like, multiple animals. So then you have to rule C out immediately. You got to listen to the questions, man. So I was really only picking between three answers. And, and, <laughs> and, and a black bouvet's de Flanders doesn't even make, seem to make sense or whatever the hell that is. <laughs> All right, I'll live up to my promise. Let me go get the Hennessy really quick. We're back on. I'll live up to the promise. Guy here is all for Ice up cold, right too. <laughs> yes, ice cold for sure. I was definitely not drinking hot Hennessy, but yeah, let's, let's do this. Cheers to Kyle Jack getting a four out of four, hundred percent on the U.S. History Quiz. The first person ever in Howie Bounce Back's uh, one year. Um, and cheers to the one year for Kyle getting ace in the quiz. So Hello. thank you, Mr. Jack. Cheers to you. Thank God it's you and not me. Oh, my God. <laughs> and kids, do not drink until you're 21. All right. <laughs> All right, Kyle, let's get back into the career-related questions. So the first question I want to ask, um, sort of from the personal side, do you live with regret with any decisions you made during teaching in your career? And if so, how could you realign those those learnings and make uh, adjustments? I think just honestly giving everyone a chance. Like, I, and, and and I think it's it's hard because you see thirty kids and you see you know multitude of like I mean you have five classes you know every couple of days and and you have one hundred and fifty kids a year that you're dealing with you know roughly. So having those, I mean, like you know, it's just hard to get to know all of them and to work with all of them. But I think just giving everyone like a fair shot. Cause I think there's a couple kids that I think I could have helped at a, when I was younger, like, you know, first got out that I didn't really give a shot like two, you know, and, and to give them a chance and kind of just not writing them off. I mean, you know, this one of the kids got arrested for like, you know, uh, I think it was, something to do with a firearm and robbery like burglary or whatever like you know with the possession of a firearm so it's like that kind of stuff I'm like man like I wonder you know what I'm saying like you always kind of look and say like if I would have been able to help him at from 10th grade and then can you know consistently it would he have you know not gone to jail <laughs> would he have done better things and so I think just giving kids a shot I mean it, and, and it's hard because I, I don't like trying to look back 
you know, and, and I think even judge, like judging kids, like, you know, it's how you pass judgment. I think it's, it's kind of human nature, unfortunately, to like judge others. And even if they are 15, you know, (laughs) or or 16, 17 years old. And so just trying my best to not do that, I think, and and really get to know them before passing any sort of judgment, because Mm -hmm. just looking at kids, sometimes you can, you know, I mean, people, I mean, let's not even take kids out of the equation, like just grown people, like sometimes like your first instinct sometimes can be to judge them. And you kind of just, Oh, this person must be this or that without really, you know, giving them that chance right away. So that's, that's what I would, I think probably say my biggest, and it's almost not even like really a regret. It's just something that I think you need to really kind of constantly think about to then realize like, Hey, let's, let's do better. And you feel like you've gotten better at that now to make sure every student has my attention, no matter how quiet, how vocal you are, you know, whether you're opposed to be in my classroom or not, like, do you feel like you're, you're taking even more steps to, to be there for them? Yeah. And I think the most important thing to remember is that you should always be growing in that aspect. Like I, I try, I think I'm getting better at it, but I'm never, you can never be perfect. You know what I'm saying? Like for me, I can never be perfect at that. So it's something that you need to be cognizant of and always trying to do it because then you can be eventually better fully, (laughs) but there's no way, you know, you just need to, as long as you can be aware of it and try to make, you know, changes. I think that that's kind of the, the big, part that kind of segues to my next question which i i believe like you might not have ever experienced this but maybe there's something that you want to reveal here um you know that you haven't before but have you ever felt any kind of depression at work you know during teaching or any time in these last this last decade or what you know and if you have what would that person you are today tell the person you were before i don't think i mean and I, you know, I, I, I don't want this to seem like a cop-out answer, you know what I'm saying? But like, I, I really don't think I have. And, and I think that that, you know, from what you alluded to would be some of the other questions in the future. Like for me, I think that that's my biggest strength is not regretting, like, and not having that, you know, fear or, or even having my job be sad. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's never yes. going to be something like I can't, even in, in the, like, the things you hear and the things that you know about some of the students, it's super depressing, but it's not depressing for me. It's because I want to help them where you feel for them because of what they're going through. So I think that that's the biggest thing. Um, and, and, you know, I'll, I'll share one of the, the stories here and, you know, eventually before we end our podcast, but I think that that's, you know, for me, it's one of those things where like, I, I can't say that I'm ever really, or have been mm-hmm. depressed. And, and, and I think even the closest thing, I mean, the closest thing would be maybe just super anxious. Like last year, like I was having like thoughts where I was literally like, like I had anxiety for the first time in my 30 some years of living when we're going back to COVID, like, and I don't know what it was. It could have just been something else that was happening, but um, it just is what seemed to make the most sense to me just based on like some of the signs and like, I was like, you know, breathing heavily. And, and it was, I think my planning for going and starting virtually, like new, it's new again. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. first you're teaching, I'm excited. Like I'm pumped to be, to be in there. And then it's like, you take that away. And what I love most is the interaction with the kids and the being there. And when you take that away, like that's what sucked for me. And I think it's kind mm-hmm. of hit me 
at that point before the school year started that like, Oh, we are actually doing this. Like, cause I was one of the, Oh no, we're going back. Like we're, we'll, we'll go back. Like we'll, you know, or it'll be something it'll be high in a couple of weeks. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. It, was, it was virtual. And I'm like, like, how am I supposed to make this happen? Like for me, the, what I like is just the, the five minutes before we really have to get into anything or when they're walking in and we can just talk and, you know, we, shoot the shit like i mean yeah yeah like that's what i enjoy so it's it's never been for me about the content like you know u.s history (laughs) or or world history like i don't i I tell them all the time like i don't that's not my passion i'm not i'm not i didn't do history i to be honest i wanted to be a teacher i chose history because i thought it was the easiest (laughs) very blunt like i didn't want to i didn't want to do math because i'm not big into math doesn't excite me english (laughs) no I could have done some random elective, like could have done PE, whatever, but I didn't think I would have the same relationship with like PE, you know, being able to have like build that with kids in PE. And so then I chose to do history. Yeah. Yeah. And science sucks. So <laughs> let's say, yeah, let's call out them subjects right there. Um, but the emotional connection that you have with them, yeah, taking that away. I think th- this is why you probably haven't felt that depression in the workplace is because you are truly doing what you love and fostering the the livelihood of these of these high school kids. And so, yeah, it, it's like you're doing what you love and it gets taken away. Then and then of course, not to mention like the scramble to get everything set up like in a virtual setting probably made you more anxious, you know, like like most, right? Um, but you've gotten through it, you know, it seems like, you know, in, in any situation that we do, God forbid that we ever go back to that, you, you'll know what to do, but it's like, don't take away what I love, like being in front of these kids, you know, it's, I love how you no no one has really said that. It's like, you like, yeah, the subjects are there, the, you know, this is the curriculum that they need to, that's essential for them to, to know like later on in life or maybe not, but it's that connection that you have of them being a better student and a better person. Um, that, that, I think that's what, what sets apart the good and great teachers. And that I feel like, you know, uh, that great teacher that you are, the students will remember that more about you than anything that they learned in the school year. And so, um, I mean, at least I do, you know, and I'm sure other people can relate who their favorite teachers are. But do you remember a lot of stuff in that class? Uh, I don't know about all that. What, but. what can you tell me about the Ottoman Empire? <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> oh, yeah. Constantinople. All right, go. What, what, what happened in that, in that city? <laughs> yeah, I love what you said there. And um, it's very, it's very uh, rare that someone can always find, a, can find his calling and not feel that sort of remorse or depression and so being that for the students and letting them fulfill your day-to-day as you do for them that's just a rare opportunity that and everyone would love to come across so awesome awesome to hear that um while we're on that subject though of like you know talking about the good times with students what is your favorite memory or moment in your career to date any, and then also maybe as uh, sorry for all these two part questions, but any shouts to the people that help have helped get you there to that favorite moment? I, I have two. I have like two defining moments in my career. So the first one, um, uh, I want to say maybe it might have been my second year teaching, or th- it was either second or third. I want to say second. And um, girl who spoke 
very, very little. I mean, like, yes and no. And to the point to where I don't know, like she didn't, like I, I met her parents at back to school night and mm-hmm. there was definitely a language barrier there. Um, yeah. And I mean, she, she like, she wrote in, I'm not like when, you know, she wrote well in English. I mean, it was obviously there was, again, like she, you could tell that she was learning. She was an English language learner. She could tell that she was learning the language or at least, you know, wasn't born here. And, and this was, you know, kind of a new ish thing. Um, and she wrote, a note and I forgot what the purpose was I think it was like feedback and because I used mm-hmm. to have my kids like write feedback on like just the class or, the, or what what can do you know what can we do better what can I do better as a teacher um, which is one thing that I think a lot of teachers need to you know if any of you are out there listening one thing you need to do is accept criticism and feedback yes from students because it, yes you're going to get enough like you are going to get some bs and like you know, things that may piss you off, but you also are going to get some things that are like, and, you know, also baloney that are people like, oh, you know, like, I like that you have snacks. Like, I like that you give us peppermints, like, cool. You know, <laughs> but like, there's other things that, you know, and they may just say like, oh, this and that, but this feedback, the best one I ever got. Um, and she said, Mr. Jack's class is the only, the, the, where I'm truly the happiest and oh my god and like like period like like just like ended it there and i i read it and i was like i mean i felt like a little girl like it, i was like i was gonna like cry i mean I'm oh my there. gosh and like that's that was like to say that in in again as you know well as she could write in english saying like she's only truly happiest like here and to me i saw that she would smile and clap like she would you know that was basically her way of, I think, acknowledging that she was listening and like paying attention and picking up because she was also smart I mean, super smart too. So, um, but she'd never really participated. And, and of course, I mean, with me, you know, I, I talk a lot, like where I would try to get them to talk a lot. And so she never really talked and she would just kind of smile and nod and like didn't really say anything. So when you think, when you impact someone like that, like that was for me, like, cool. Like that, that was like, that made me feel just like a great wow. human being. Um, and then the second one was really just a couple of years ago where, um, and it's like super sad, but kid was going through a lot of terrible stuff at home. Um, like just awful. Um, and he was the kid that I think a lot of people would write off and just say like, Oh, he's, you know, he's doing this or doing that, whatever. Like he's in trouble for a litany of things throughout his, you know, short two years. Um, and, I sat down and talked to him and just said, what's going on? Like what happened? And he told me, um, and just kind of out of respect for him, like, I won't say what, what had happened, yeah. but he, he told me what happened. And I was just like shocked and said, you know, to the point where I had to go and tell someone like, just, you know, what he had said had happened. I had to go and make sure I did my due diligence and tell someone else and make sure that everything was good to go. But like, for me, knowing that he could trust me, for him to tell me something like that and then say, okay, like, cool. And then I, you know, going forward with that, but that was kind of also a moment where like he had faith in me to, to tell me what was happening. And then it kind of just, it made sense. Like no wonder why he's not doing anything. No wonder why he doesn't want to do schoolwork, why he doesn't want to be here, why, he, you know, and, yeah. and why he's not, you know, cause he he was funny. Like we got along, like we had a good relationship just because I'm like, Oh, Hey buddy, like not do anything today. Okay, cool. Like, you know, like we, I, I would just kind of 
we would kind of go back and forth with, with that. Um, and then, so going through that, it was just like, it was, you know, it, it sucks, but it was also nice. Like, I don't think he'll even know because I, you know, he's still around in the school. He's a senior now, but seeing him around, it's like, you know, I, I always in the hallway, Hey, how are you? You know, just talk to him and, mm-hmm. you know, see how, how he's doing. And it's normally just good, you know, and walk by him and like, that's all I need. Like, I don't need, you know, it just, he knows, I think he can come and talk to me if anything, but yeah. So those, those are the two. Um, and, and I think everyone, like for the, the people for your second part, the, thanking the people, um, I mean, it's, I, I've learned so much from everyone else. Like it's just, it's, you know, I have a lot of support from colleagues and people that I work with, you know, close knit group of people. And I think picking up, you know, the, what, what I'm most thankful for is just picking up the good and the bad, like knowing kind of what not to do and learning from people that I'm like, yeah, I don't want to be like that. Or, oh, like, that's a good strategy, you know, like, so kind of take, you know, taking all that in. And, and I wouldn't say even, you know, it's hard to like give a couple people shout out without saying, you know, going on a mm-hmm. list of a bunch of names. And, and again, that's, mm-hmm. I don't want to sound like a cop out, but like, that's mm-hmm. just kind of the way it is. And especially, you know, there, there's so many people that have helped and, and been just kind of the push. So we'll see. I think the one thing that I, like, I can't stand is like, I, I try my best not to, I mean, again, it's going to sound terrible because I'm doing it on a podcast, but like, this is, you know, mean your relationship's way different, but I hate, like, it, it irks me with the teachers that think that that's what they're supposed to do. Like, I appreciate your like kind felt words. Cause you know, we're, we're friends like, and, and, and I feel like we can talk about that, but like, that's one thing that drives me nuts is that like, the teachers that I feel like are going out and saying like, Oh, this is, this is what I'm doing it for. And this is why like be, cause I think they want something back. And again, that's probably selfish on me. Cause I'm thinking like, Oh, like you're just doing that because you want it. You know, and people could say the exact same thing about me, but it's just like cloud. Like that yeah. Cloud. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just, that's what it's supposed like. That's, that's what you signed up for. Like, that's what you're supposed to do. Like, that's just, you know, like, like it's not, you know, I, I shouldn't get, because you're not going to hint, future profession people who want to get into the profession you're not going to get thank you a lot like you're not going to get you know you'll get a couple messages here and there but like you're not going to like I mean that little note wasn't her saying thank you she I mean and we never you know I saw her occasionally you know the first girl and again that kid I'm not going to probably he's not going to go and thank me and and or nor do I want it or I don't think you deserve it you know what I'm saying because that's just what you're supposed to do like be better for the kids yes and that's what we see a lot you know through social media now it's like oh how can i be the best teacher like how can i like what can i do to put out there that shows that i'm cool or i'm fun or this is what i'm doing so i don't know that irks me well said yeah thank you for bringing that up you're a good man you're a good man so it should be second nature to what what you all are doing so shouldn't be for just like bragging rights or or clout so and, and again, that. I think there's a lot of people out there that are doing it just for doing it, which is what you should be doing. It, but Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. All right, Kyle. Well, then we're running to the end of this uh, series of deeper questions. But of course, the mandatory question is going to come. If there's one piece of advice overall you can share with the audience, one big piece of advice that you can share overall with the audience, what would that be? I, I, it's so cliche, but like the whole, you know, do what you love and you never work a day in your life, you know, like it's, it's crazy because I, you know, I, I hate the cliches, but it's so, 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 so damn true. Like, it's just, it's like, I, I go in, I don't feel like I'm working. I, I it's the, 
I have fun literally every day. Like, and if there's a day that I, I don't, then it's something like I should have done differently. <laughs> like, because it, what, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I didn't plan enough. I didn't do it. Like there's times where I'm like, I try to create a lesson plan or do something and it crumbles. And then I'm like, shit, like that sucked. But I realized that like, that's on me. It's not like on the kids or because of, you know, what they did. And, and I think even like future people who want to be future teachers don't take it so seriously. Like you're there to have a good time. And I think just in general, like why be so strung out and stressed about something like, and I know depending on what you're teaching, like it's, it varies and it's easy to be, you know, easier said than done, but just try to find the fun in what you're doing. Cause it's, it sucks. Like, I don't want to work. <laughs> like I, I don't, and I couldn't like, you know, think about doing anything else because then I would actually like be fearful that I'm working, which I think is what made me stressed out going back kind of full circle to me being worried about virtual teaching. Like for, mm -hmm. cause for me, it was, you know, that's not fun. Like, Oh, like I'm actually just going to have to teach. Like we're not going to be able to hang out and like learn from each other and do interactive things. I'm going to have to just straight teach them what things <laughs> and mm -hmm. that's what I'm supposed to do. So I mean, again, it's, it's easier and it's way easier with my subject and even subject matter and history, but also just teaching sociology. Like I'm, I'm very, very lucky to have that, you know, when you're teaching an AP course, even, or teaching, you know, again, science and, and, you know, chemistry, it's hard to do that because you've got to meet those standards, but um, yeah. you should still be able to have fun and, and make it so the kids have fun because what's, you know, What's the point? So, I, I mean, I think I think the your former students, you know, the the Maggies, the Michelles, or I don't know if your students, but the SCA, like the Clarices of the world, they all know you as the Mr. Fun, the, the fun teacher, Mr. Jack over here. So I, I'm sure a lot of the hundreds and thousands of students that you have mentored and taught over the years knows you as the fun teacher. So I always remember my fun teachers. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well if i count 150 per year <laughs> we might get to 1000 so yeah. <laughs> and you counting these student student athletes over here okay <laughs> we're getting up there i just want to ask one last question before we sign off mr jack but um i asked this to bernadette relota um you know i know you know well that family you know I asked her since she's a teacher in Las Vegas for elementary school students, but if you can be creative and you had unlimited budget to do anything with the high school as I'm sorry, whoever the principal is at Woodbridge, but as principal Jack, what are you going to spoil these kids with, with your unlimited budget, unlimited budget, like talking, like, 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 Powerball budget, like, yeah, hey, let's just go 500 million. Sure. We can go that far. I mean, I think first off, whatever we can do to make sure that they're continuing, like I want there to be a legacy that continues. So setting up like a lot of this fake money, using it to like put programs in place to help kids like for a long, long, long time. Like, so, cause I don't want it just to impact the, the, for you know the freshmen through seniors now i want something that lasts forever like that's kind of what my goal is like it's not going to be a one-time thing um but i think just teaching them like really just giving them the resources to be able to say hey you know 
you can do really whatever you want. Like for me, again, even back to the sports world, like money shouldn't be a problem to do anything. Like, so I think that that would be one of the things like we wouldn't charge for a dance. We wouldn't charge for this. We wouldn't charge for anything because we want to be a part of that. I think if you could build that culture where it's like, you know, people just love doing and supporting each other, then that would be awesome. So kind of being able to use that money and that's like a super, I think, business mindset, like use that money so we yeah, don't have yeah. to spend money or like have the kids pay money. But like, that's what I would suggest is that we, you know, cause I mean, it costs money to go to the games. Like it shouldn't cost money. I mean, like if I could give them, let them all go in for free because it would just be nice to support each other and like hang out and do something after school instead of doing, you know, whatever, why not? So, and then just programs. Pro, multiple multiple programs for them to do and like find something they're truly interested in so you're not putting a cap on their creativity you know and i know a lot of those things can get limited with oh do we have the money for it so glad that you're just letting you know, your existing programs that you have in place stretch beyond like whatever cap or limit that you have so glad glad that you know you're not trying to rock the boat too far or trying to like <laughs> make anything crazy, like a, you know, hologram field goal post or something, or, you know, well, I, mean, I, would go a little, I would spend some bullshit money. Like there would be, let's, make sure let's you got a jump budget this. somewhere. Yeah. yeah. We, we'll, we'll, we'll get the, the best mascot this side of <laughs> Mississippi. <laughs> A literal Viking coming from, uh, I don't know where they yeah, well, come from. somewhere in Europe. Guy to dress up as a Viking every time we're doing some sort of event. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why yeah. not? <laughs> Build a lake or a moat around Woodbridge. So the parade is just like the Vikings. You know. Oh, hey. Uh, Make the school an actual ship. <laughs> the school. Look like a Viking ship. <laughs> yeah, I love that. <laughs> I think that would cost a little bit more money, but we'll For see. sure. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I appreciate you, Kyle, Mr. Jack. You know, I will go with Kyle this time, but appreciate you taking the time. Have your busy week to join the show and celebrate the one year anniversary of how we bounce back with you. Thanks for, and also thanks for asking to be on the show. I know you asked last year, you know, we all love the hand raisers, you know, the, I'm sure the, those are some of the students that you always kind of like pay attention to. So love you doing the hand raising here. And uh, yeah, man, much love to you, Kim, your fam. Wishing you all the best this school year. Stay safe as always. And Thanks, again, man. thank you, you Mr. Jack, for joining. Yeah, this is a fun time. Hopefully yeah. I can see you in person soon. You know, it's been too long. All right, everyone. We got four episodes left. Promise for season two. If you're on Apple Podcasts, give us the five stars and leave us a nice review. And also, again, check us out on the new platform, Amazon Music. But all right, everyone, stay safe, smiles up, big glass, positive energy all around. Thank you all for tuning in. This man's name, Kyle, his actual name is Mr. Jack. If you see him in the hallway, so call him Mr. Jack. And I'm James. See you all next week.